trying to remember the lines that Will Ferrell says in Anchorman. The arsonist has oddly shaped feet. The arsonist has oddly shaped (laughs) feet. That's it. Welcome, everybody, to the Windy City Wingers podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Fire, Chicago Red Stars, and a trip around the world for a soccer update from all across the globe. My name is Alex Herman, and I'm joined, as always, by Brady Olson and Dave Kolichkowski. Boys, how are we doing this snowy, snowy Monday? Hey, yo, uh, doing quite well. Uh, great weekend of soccer for Brady. Mm-hmm. For all of Chicago, actually. Indeed. Was well, a good one. We're going to dive. <laughs> we're going to dive into that. Before we do, shout out to Ian Scarlato, as always, helping us turn our podcast into the fine audio product that it is. And thank you to Jen Bennett, helping us run our social media accounts. Today, November 15th, was the first real snowfall of the year. Did you see it? It was invisible snow. (laughs) It was not invisible snow. It actually happened. It was here in the Chicago area, snowfall. I was all about it. Yesterday, November 14th, was week 10 in the NFL. I'm sure that neither of you watched very much of it, except for what Brady watched in my apartment, because the Bears were on their bye week. Sleepy. Sleepy Bears. Hmm. Hope they're ready next week. It was a blowout week. Several games, many, more than you'd hope to see. Vikes got a much-needed win, 27-20 to over the Chargers. Skull, happy for that. Otherwise, listen to these scores. Bills versus Jets, which that was going to be a slaughter, 45-17. Cowboys was not the answer. Nope. Cowboys against Falcons, 43-3. to Yikes. Panthers versus the Cardinals, 34 to 10. Cam yes. Newton back in action. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, but there's no Murray or Hopkins. So, nope. whatever. Yep. <laughs> and Chiefs versus the Raiders, 41 to 14. People are claiming like Chiefs are back. They're back on it. I don't no. know. This is it a pretty be, beat yeah. down you see Raiders. That Derek Carr interception, not interception, but he well, made there that was completion that and for whatever reason, yeah, <laughs> the guy <laughs> didn't go down. He just kept on running. <laughs> yeah, though. So, yeah, yeah. Good times. It was uh, it's been an interesting year for the Raiders. We'll say that. And to cap things off, the Patriots dominate the Browns, forty-five Good. to seven. Oh no, Mac well, Jones doing. Back. Uh, yeah, Mac Jones doing his best Tom Brady impression. <laughs> How about this? I don't think it will actually happen, but what if the Patriots go on a run? They are the AFC team for the Super Bowl against no. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> I'm down. That actually be the I most mean, fascinating. I support like, it would be so much fun. <laughs> it was a good game when those two teams played earlier this year. And the Patriots weren't looking that good. 
like in the Super Bowl, oh man, it just can't <laughs> get any bigger than that. Belichick versus Brady. Oof, I'd love oh, it. Man. And then really the cherry on top for this week was the Lions and the Steelers game. <laughs> and <laughs> Lions cannot buy a win. Still couldn't do it. Uh, tie game, 16 to 16, overtime. Nope. No. Uh, they both looked really bad. I am still debating. Is it funnier if the Lions went 0 and 17 or they go 0 16 and 1? Which one's funnier? <laughs> I really was pulling for the 0 and 17. Drew. I think, I think if the tie was the last game of the season, it would be. Just another jab to the side, but halfway through the season is good too. I just, I feel bad for them, but I'm also like, no, they didn't need a reminder of who they are, but they got one anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Not to talk too much football, did but did anyone see Teddy Bridgewater's block slash attempted tackle? Oh no. There's a beautiful video out there. Go look for it uh, where Teddy Bridgewater's like, he throws a pick or there's a fumble or something. Defense is running the other way down the field with the ball. And he has the bright idea. Okay, I'm going to go tackle this guy. Then right at the last second goes, "Mm, this is probably not a good idea. Ends up blocking his own teammate and then setting the edge for the defender to run all the way for six points. (laughs) Teddy. Yeah, the title of this video is Teddy Bridgewater Refuses to Tackle Eagles Defender. (laughs) (laughs) What a title. He said, I got him. No, (laughs) no, I don't. All right. It's enough football. This is a soccer podcast, right? Yes, it is. So before we get into the Chicago soccer, MLS playoffs starting this coming weekend. Oh, yeah. The Loons are in. Woo-hoo. They play the Portland Timbers on Sunday, November 21st at 4.30 for their matchup. Ooh. Portland Timbers have had a good year. They are good. Loons are going to have their work cut out for them. I would love to just win one game. <laughs> Setting my expectations. That's a reasonable goal for the Loons. Portland's good. We could go out, have a good game. Just win the one game and I'll be happy. If we could go on a run, that'd be a lot of fun. But yeah, I think I think the Timbers are beatable. Yep. You have a chance. All right. Chicago Fire. Obviously not in the playoffs. Any more news regarding roster updates, additional people leaving the roster, anything new with the team? Nothing. No news is good news, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I suppose. We'll save you guys five minutes. <laughs> there you go. When typically in the off season for the MLS do most of the roster moves start to happen or do things start to heat up or does it differ for every team? It's going to probably be early next year. They kind of give everyone a little bit of this part of the off season. And then next year you'll start to see players kind of return to get their physicals in and all that stuff. And that's when signings need to happen. And then for the fire, we need to find a coach. And I think that's going to happen before we make any big old signings. I think that would make sense to have it be the first big movement. And maybe that's not even until the new year. Yeah, we already got one. We got Frankie. It's all good. Okay. <laughs> uh, sure. Then moving right along, sticking in Chicago, but moving over to the ladies, Red Stars this week, 
played Let's in go. the semifinal yeah. against the Portland Thorns. Came away with a victory, two to zero. Go to the ship. Oh, going to the big game, going to the final. Love it. And this was the big scary game. I mean, the final scary too, but this is against Portland Thorns. First seed, played really well this year. Two to zero, dos a zero for the Red Stars. Yeah, really excellent game for the Red Stars. Uh, it started with some major player absences on both sides, actually. Yeah. Crystal Dunn is pregnant, so congratulations, but also she could not play in this game. Mm. And Lindsay Horan had an eye injury in training where she lost oh, yeah. some vision. And yeah. so the doctors were saying, you should not play. Uh, yeah. So she did not, which is good because both of those players are very, very good players for the Thorns. A little bit lucky that we didn't have to play against them. However, we had our own issues. Mal Pugh and Kayla Sharples are in COVID protocols. Uh, Kayla even put out there that she has her vaccine and booster and just got a positive test. So I yep. imagine she'll be back. I don't know that much information about Pugh, but I also imagine she'll be back for the final. We'll see. But she was not here for the semifinal. She's probably partying with the Braves a little bit too much, you know, after the World <laughs> Series win. She's dating, uh, is it Dansby Swanson? I did not know that. Oh, yeah. interesting. That so probably is actually just kept on going and caught up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Dave's got the beat. Uh, and also, <laughs> Casey Kruger has some sort of illness. That one is not, that's just undisclosed. Um, so she was unavailable as well. So when you're looking at these absences, Brady, what are you seeing as the big impacts that that's going to have on the game? These specific players, I mean, Pew is the big one that stood out to me. When you said she was out, I yeah. thought, oh, no, we're going to have a big problem scoring today. Not the case, but. I did mention about the the Thorns. Those are just two of their best players. So just to not have to play against them, not have to game plan for them, that helps quite a bit. Helpful, yeah. As far as Mal Pugh being one of our best players, that's, yeah. that was a major impact. And the way that we play is cause chaos and let our forwards do work. And that is made much harder when it's just one forward you have to worry about in Kelia Watt as your counter attacking threat. Sure. And what a confidence boost for the Red Stars to play the Thorns down their top, one of their best players and still come away with a victory. Yeah, the, I mean, really impressive. Rory Dames is has got to be proud of his group. And yeah, truly a great game from them. Another thing that I haven't mentioned is with Kruger out, that means Tata Malazzo started at right back. And I just have a, a couple instances here. 13th minute, 28th minute, 30th minute, 46th minute, 57th minute. These are all opportunities for Sophia Smith. And her whole game was just find Tata Malazzo and make life hard for her. Mm -hmm. uh, Sophie Smith is uh, the probably the best remaining attacker on the Thorns and just a, always a threat and very good 1v1. And so she did make life hard for Malazzo, but I think Malazzo gave it right back. And then uh, Cassie Miller was also excellent in this game and made all the saves you'd expect her to make. It's kind of like when they have a backup cornerback come in and the yep. quarterback and wide receiver are going, if there's single coverage over there, or even if there isn't, we're going at you all night long. We're going to make you play. Yep. Yep. Picking on Smart. her. Yep. 
smart. And obviously, Malazzo had some couple bad looks, a couple bad angles, but played decent enough to keep them um, from scoring. Although I think a lot of that had to do with uh, the Thorns just not hitting the net too. Sure. So good, good shot. Good for Malazzo, but also if it was the Thorns' night, might have turned out differently. Mm-hmm. So, getting into what actually happened in this game in the 28th minute. Brady mentioned this is one of Sophia Smith's runs um, and Kelia Watt actually goes down here. Uh, More bad news for those yeah. stars. Yeah. I got quite depressed. This one, one, it does, mm-hmm. it doesn't mm-hmm. look good. That looked like a longer term one. I'm no doctor, but I've seen injuries before and this one was not fun to watch. So felt bad for her, felt bad for the red stars because she was probably our main outlet without Mal Pugh. Now she's down. And then she's going to be replaced uh, by Katie Johnson, who has done quite well this season, but just not the same type of player as Watt, so we think. Um, And then pretty much right after that, in the 34th minute, sort of innocuous play. There was a cross and Cassie Miller caught it, no problem. And then she starts holding her, it was her right arm. And I did some lip reading and she was like, (laughs) I think I popped my elbow out. But she looked like me when I pop my shoulders out where I'm just like, okay, it hurts, but I'm actually more embarrassed than I am in pain. And so she was <laughs> telling the trainer like, and then whatever happened, she gets up and plays the rest of the game. So you know that she's a soldier for one and two <laughs> yeah. was quite impressive anyway. Absolutely. And it was only three minutes after that, that the Red Stars score their first goal. And it is Katie Johnson who comes in for Kelia Watt who does it very impressively, actually on kind of an ill-advised shot, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> it was not, it did not look good. Not and when good. she took that shot, I went, oh, no. Oh, what? Yes, yeah, exactly. It, it, it went we, in. We could play our favorite game. Was she shooting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I, I barely believed I saw it when it went in. I, I was like, what did that? Oh, that's in the back of the net. Um, yeah. This It came from a Cassie Miller long ball. Uh, I want to talk about that a little bit later on. Um, but ball squirts wide. Katie Johnson's in a 1v1 situation. She cuts the outside. And like you said, Herman, terrible, terrible angle. But the goalkeeper, if you look at her body position, she yep. is not even worried about a shot. And no. in <laughs> fact, too lackadaisical about it. And so she's Flat-footed. gambling on the cross. Yeah, Absolutely. Shot goes into the upper right, uh, upper 90. Uh, I mean, just a ripper and near post. And it's always a goalkeeper's responsibility. You can't get beat near post. And Bixby fell to the ground in disappointment. Um, Yeah, just truly, I mean, a dominated half by the Thorns. The Red Stars had trouble even making their normal, like, counterattacky sort of chaos. And they end up with a one nothing lead going to the half. Fantastic. (laughs) Miraculous. They just kind of pulled that goal out of nowhere is what it seemed like. And the Thorns had so many opportunities, especially right away. I think mm-hmm. it was kind of clear you're they're in your house. If you're the Thorns, go out there and score early. Better yet, score twice early and just get the crowd into it and shut the stars down. They just couldn't hit the net. And up pops this goal, Katie Johnson. Here we go. Mm-hmm. The second goal of the game comes in the second half, the 59th minute, and it is a scorcher from Woldmo to put the Red Stars up 2 
to nothing just hits it on a line. And Bixby really doesn't have a shot to save it at all. Not this one. Uh, 30 plus yarder, but yeah, like you said, on a rope. There was some meaningful possession actually for the Red Stars inside the Thorns box. And I think we'd kind of lulled the Thorns to sleep a little bit with that first half of just, oh, we're going to keep creating chances. We don't really need to be so worried about it when the Red Stars have the ball. And obviously not the case because Gotro ends up getting the ball after it's recycled, finds Woldmo at the top of the box. Uh, Sinclair just can't get there and defender. And then Woldmo just has a crack and it's a great shot. Yeah. And I'm still shocked the Red Star's coming away with a two to nothing victory against the Thorns, who've been so good and so consistent this year. I'm surprised to have that be the final score and the Thorns not even put anything in the net. Um, and they seem so dominant all year. So was this a, and I'm sure you'll be able to tell us statistically, was this a bad night for the Thorns? Did they have expected goals that they didn't execute on? Or were the Red Stars truly playing at that level? I don't have an expected goal value for you. So apologies there. But the Thorns had 21 shots, only seven of which were on goal. So that's not a great shot conversion anyway. And those seven that were on goal, Miller's would be expected to make those saves. They were savable shots. They weren't all that threatening, really the best opportunities. They just didn't hit the goal, Uh, Hmm. which is, it could be rust. They didn't play the first round of the playoffs. It could be the moment and playing in front of your fans, or it's just, just not your night. Like you also have referenced red stars, five shots, two on target, two went in. That's, that's what you want sometimes. That's how it goes. Yes. <laughs> uh, Bixby was ahead, very flat-footed, though. I was yeah. going to say. Very yeah. Because, you know, you guys were talking about that second goal, and I didn't chime in because I didn't want to ruin your vibe there. But to be honest <laughs> with you, she did not react to that shot very well, and it was from very far out. Like I felt out. like she should have been a lot closer to it and maybe try to get a fingertip to it. But she, she, was, not, touch. she was not locked in. Did yeah, she get it? Yeah. yeah, she got a touch, but yeah. I I just thought it was hit so hard. She got yeah. a touch on both of them. Mm-hmm. And goalkeepers will tell you if I get a touch, it should be a save. So I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. just one of those things in in the playoffs. You you can't really allow mistakes like that. But mm-hmm. I mean, you can if you're a Red Star fan. Yes. Uh, also, <laughs> we're there. Sixty forty possession to the Thorns. Sort of expected at this point with the Red Stars. We're not really worried about possession. And there was a response. There was a plan in place for the Red Stars on goal kicks and anything in their half that was a free kick. What they would do is Aaron Wright, the left back, would come join the midfield. And then one of the midfielders, either either DiBernardo or Colaprico, would join the forward um, up top. So it ended up being like a 3-5-2 on every goal kick. And if we look at the dual and tackle numbers, the Red Stars destroyed the Thorns. 73 mm. to 61 duels won, 21 tackles to the Thorns 14. The mm. Red Stars were ready for that battle in the trenches and they set it up by, on every long ball that they could. And so it just kind of put the Thorns into weird situations because if you lose a 50-50, all of a sudden we're not set totally. And that's how you get a 1v1 for Katie Johnson and, and stuff can happen. So... Sounds like a combination of both things, honestly. Portland should have been able to execute a little bit better on some of those shots, but also the Red Stars had a game plan 
executed it, got out with the victory, which means they're headed to the chip. The final, yes. The final game against the Washington Spirit, which is going to take place November 20th at 11 a.m. Ooh, boy. Actually, I like it being at 11 a.m. You don't have to wait around all day. Mm -hmm. Your nerves start really at 8 a.m. or whenever you wake (laughs) up. So you only have three hours to get super anxious before it happens. That will help my health. Um, (laughs) I did watch the Spirit versus Rain game. That one was quite fun. Uh, The Rain went out to an early, early lead in the third minute, and it looked like they were going to run away with it. There was a crazy gap between shots and... And between the two teams, between the favorite and the spirit, um, but the spirit remained spirited and they really fought back in the first half, got Trini Rodman a goal. She's the youngest on WSL postseason scorer ever, which is pretty exciting. Um, and then they got a goal in the second half off of a corner kick. And Dave, did you end up watching the second spirit goal? Quickly watch the highlights. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> a little chippy chippy. Another one where we can yeah. play the game. Was yeah. she shooting? <laughs> what do you think, Dave? I feel like yes on this one. I, I just, I don't know. Me too. I, I felt like she I was think, aiming for that far post and had to chip it over too. them. And yeah. yeah. Because if she wasn't, where where else is she trying to put it? Or is she just hanging it up and hoping someone jumps in to head it? There certainly is that chance that she's trying to get it to the far post, but there was no one there. And right, she exactly. looked up. Like she looked exactly. up, looked for a yeah. player and was like, no, nah, I'm going to try this. And mm-hmm. her arms were in the air before it went in. Like as soon as it was over the goalkeeper, yep. I think she meant it. So in the mm-hmm. same way where I'm like, Katie Johnson, I maybe I think she was just lashing at it and it just happened to go perfectly. This one I thought was a absolute stutter. I thought it was fun as hell. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> as far as tactics are concerned with the spirit, they love a long ball. And this is where Trinity Rodman got her goal. It was from a center back, perfect pass over the top. And Rodman just had some great composure and put it in. So that's going to be what they're going to try and do against the Red Stars. Keep the ball, long ball, and someone run onto it. And that's how Trinity scored against the Red Stars. However, the Red Stars will think we can destroy that with a solid press, which is what they've been doing the latter part of the season and hopefully they will do so again, which is a great success. Absolutely. Talk about stress watching. Oof. The last three or four games for the stars have been very stressful. Do or die. And now it is the last game of the year. Leave it all on the field. Oh, going to be a fun one. Again, that game is November 20th at 11 a.m. Championship Red Stars versus the Washington spirit moving on to the game of the week from last week, which we chose as USA versus Mexico and the world cup qualifiers. And what a game it was good result for the USA dos a cero two to nothing over Mexico. Oh, gotta love it. You can probably tell by my voice, but I am wearing my Dos Acero jersey. Yes, he is. It's awesome. Can confirm. (laughs) Such a fun, energy-packed game. Holy cow. Things started really kind of in the 12th minute of this game. 
with a shot from Mexico. First big shot of the game. Yeah, this one was just sort of a mess at the top of the U.S. box. And I think Mexico, it's fair to say, started a little bit better than the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not creating anything too dangerous, but here was a moment where Edson Alvarez kind of got a ball and had a bunch of defenders in front of him. So he bent it around the defense, didn't hit it very hard, but Stefan saw it super late, but still got down to his right in time. And as Brady mentioned, Mexico starts off with more momentum than the USA does. That continues six minutes later, 18th minute. They have their best shot on target uh, for Mexico. Yeah, this was possibly the scariest moment because this was Mexico playing really good Mexican soccer. Really good press break here, like just right through the U.S. Uh, Finally got the ball to Jimenez. Back to Corona, who springs Lozano on the counterattack. Yedlin is holding him on side, so there's a mistake. But he still has the crazy recovery speed and gets back and uh, makes Stefan's life easier by cutting away that far post and allowing Stefan to just cover half the goal instead of all of it, which was and a great save from Stefan, too. Yes, great save. They would need another one later on. Obviously, they do get it. But in the 30th minute, Mexico has their best opportunity to put a ball in the net. Yeah, this was a weird one because Zimmerman actually had this covered with Jimenez, but they both kind of end up falling and the ball just goes wide um, to mm-hmm. Lozano, who is free and is one of their best players. And inch-perfect pass to Corona, who is making a run into the box, scuffs his shot, and it goes wide, but really mm-hmm. should have scored. I thought that this was even better than Lozano's chance. One thing to notice, though, is Mexico's best and only opportunities really are coming from the counterattack. U.S. actually had more of the ball. They're getting more people forward, and they're more and more comfortable throughout the half, and you can see it. Yeah, that was great to see because normally it's you know the complete opposite where I just feel less and less confident in a game. It's just nice to see the United <laughs> States you know, being that that level of quality on the field. That's awesome. And yeah, I just wanted to comment like Zach Stefan, despite um, kind of being out of form, I shouldn't say out of form, but with no plan Turner taking the playing time and coming into this game, I thought he did a fantastic job. And, you know, we got to remember, I think he's got the higher, um, the higher ceiling here between the two of them. So it was on display this game. So the two teams go into half 0-0 and the U.S., while they don't make any actual player substitutions, I don't think they come out and look very different in that second half. So what, what did you see, Brady, that they changed during the halftime? I would say it was more of a refocus. It was stuff that they had talked about throughout the week <laughs> beforehand, but Mexico play a 4-3-3. They play with that single pivot number six. And they tend to leave him on his own. So you can play either side of him. And that's where the U.S. were trying to find the hole in the middle of the game. Um, So they were trying to find that little spot. And then also you could notice that Weo was crushing Gallardo. Like Gallardo couldn't get close to him. If he did, Weo would just smoke him. And it kept happening in the first half, but just nothing came of it. And so at halftime, Berhalter was like, we're going to target that. Um, and it's where the McKinney chance comes from early on in that second half, which was probably mm-hmm. the best chance of the game so far, either team. And 
I honestly thought he should have put that away. That was disaster. <laughs> it <have> been 1-0. <laughs> That's like the part where you think that, you know, oh, luck isn't going to be on our side yeah. and they're just going to, they're going to counter and put one in and it's going to be over. But Yep. Yeah. It's okay. Absolutely. And after that, uh, McKinney chance, things get a little chippy as they tend to do when you're spicy. playing your rival country. Yes, a little spicy, picante. <laughs> there are yellow cards exchanged in the 59th and the 68th minute. Things get pretty heated on the field for uh, a, a portion of these. It's the good and bad of rivalry games. I mean, yeah. we love it. We love to see it. So it's great because it's awesome. <laughs> but it's bad because it sets us up kind of poorly for the next couple games. And the 59th yeah. specifically was Miles Robinson taking down, I believe it was Memo Rodriguez, but he mm-hmm. didn't really need to. There was cover, but I just, there was an opportunity to throw a shoulder into somebody's chin. So he did it, <laughs> gets himself a yellow card. And then in the 68th, there was all kinds of nonsense. Yeah. Uh, Dave, I think you have a yeah. different opinion than I do, but I, I was like, ah, this is really nothing. Why are we I mean, all the, getting mad? You could make the argument the initial thing was no big deal. But then the fact that he literally, I'm referring to Luis Alfonso Rodriguez, like starts impeding Aaronson, like from moving away from the ball and like standing on top of him just to, you know, make sure that he doesn't walk away with anything. It was just very frustrating to see that. Mm -hmm. And then he literally mounts him and claws out his eyes, like basically in right in front of the ref. (laughs) <laughs> and nothing happens. <laughs> there was a like, come on. A there was a yellow card, but yeah. But I think that was pretty crazy that there's that much physical contact, and <laughs> the rule kind of now is like you don't do that. But I'm sure he didn't want to give a red card that early in the game either, especially with like the impact that this one has. The first of two games between Mexico and the United States in the World Cup qualifiers. I think you're right in pointing out nowadays you wouldn't want to do that, except CONCACAF doesn't have VAR. That's the other thing, too. Yeah, if VAR, he probably would have been gone, right? (laughs) Potentially. Uh, Yeah, so then from all of that, uh, like you said, Rodriguez does get a yellow, and then so does McKenney. Yeah. Zach Steffen decided to sprint down all the field. And the ref just turns, sees him, and goes, "What yellow card? Like, get out of my face! Get out (laughs) of here! You here? Doing? It was pretty stupid." (laughs) During all of that crazy nonsense, Polisic comes in for Aronson. Captain America has arrived. He's ready to go. Yes. And shortly after that, the first goal for the USA happens. He does the Captain America thing. Becomes available. Gets the header. In the 74th minute, stadium explodes. Let's go, USA. He's the hero we needed. <laughs> um, yes. Long ball from Stefan to the side of Alvarez. So we, he played it into that pocket that they were trying to target. And because of that, that hole in the defense, they found a way to get the ball back out to Wea, who again, torches Gallardo. It had been happening all game. Uh, Pulisic had seen it. Knew it was coming and also probably was told, watch out for that. We're going to need you to make a far post run whenever Wea gets 1v1. Meanwhile, in the box, Pepe had dropped back towards the penalty spot, just being a striker, just trying to find space. But his movement then attracts the attention of the center backs, but also 
kind of lets them drop their guard a little bit because, like, oh, okay, he's gone. And then Polisic just snuck in right behind him. They never even saw him. All of a sudden, he's there. All of a sudden, it's in the back of the net. Lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast about, uh, well, uh, Landon Donovan was talking to um, some of my favorite soccer people, and he was saying it looked a lot like a Clint Dempsey goal. Who's Clint Dempsey? Yeah. Oh, man. U.S. Soccer. Take legend. it away. Fulham striker, <laughs> rapper. <laughs> I mean, I, you got to give mad respect to Landon Donovan, but he was definitely one of my favorites, like in that era, you know, and I felt like you could argue that he had equally as successful career as Donovan did, if not more, especially over in the European theater. So very talented player, has a lot of nice. good energy. Great comp. Brady, I don't know if you wanted to add on that. But. Also just a, an elite mover in the box, good at finding mm-hmm. those little pockets. Like Landon Donovan was more of the explosion, like speed and endurance type player. Whereas Dempsey would be missing for a while and then all of a sudden pop up, do something nuts. And then, and it was, oh, that there's Clint. That's him doing something awesome. And this <laughs> kind of seemed like that where Polisic, he's gone. He's not involved in the play. And then all of a sudden here he is, goal. And love it. And it wouldn't take long for the United States to put the nail in the coffin for Mexico as well. That Pulisic goal comes in the 74th minute, 11 minutes later, 85th minute, McKenney scores again, game over. And this USA. one's truly McKenney's goal, just from back to front. He started the move. Uh, as the ball gets moved forward, it gets played wide, again to the right side. Uh, and then McKenney just continues his run forward, dummies the ball that was back to him, like the way I definitely wanted to find him, but he dummies it allows Ferrer to get the touch, passes it right back to McKinney. And then McKinney's like, I'll just do a little self wall pass off the Mexican defender. And that uh, gives him space in the box for a snake eyes, easy, calm finish. Really nice. You think that was an intentional wall pass though? <laughs> I was kind of going back and forth there, you know, uh, <laughs> no. a little too cocky afterwards. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not intentional, yeah. but he capitalized. It worked out. <laughs> Um, we, we did barely notice it, but it is a little bit of a deal. Miles Robinson gets a second yellow. Um, after Liz- <laughs> <laughs> Lozano does beat him and then goes down. Yes, a little soft, but it it was a yellow card to me. Um, Classic but- flopping mm. by the Mexican national team <laughs> throughout the entire game. <laughs> Uh, but that means that Miles Robinson is out for the Jamaica game. And that is in addition to McKenney, who had picked up that yellow earlier because of yellow card accumulation. He is also out for the Jamaica game. That is a big deal. Yeah, not good. Oh, I wanted to make one mention. Um, I had commented uh, about Busio last week mm-hmm. and how he might be making a, um, a push for Musa's spot this time around. Definitely not mm-hmm. the case. Uh, Musa no, Musa really was good really good. <laughs> <laughs> I screwed up. <laughs> Maybe no, he, he listens to the podcast. Yeah. He must have heard us, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. He was like, so no, I'll, I'll show this Dave. Spot. Yeah. But that means, I mean, in McKenney's absence, we might see Busio. And yeah. I think that'd be a good yeah, test. That's true. That'd be there cool. You go. Uh, did we want to talk at all about Man in the Mirror? Ooh, you should. Let's go. Okay. Uh, after... The Polisic goal, he pulled his shirt up like halfway 
and oh, it yeah. said man in the mirror. And that was in response to Ochoa, the Mexican goalkeeper before the game. I think it had been a little bit before had said Mexico mm-hmm. is the mirror in which the U S wishes to see itself. And so then Pulisic, yeah. just a little uh-huh. cheeky, like man in the mirror. Uh-huh. Um, okay. And then also at the end of the game, uh, they played the song man in the mirror and only like 25% of the crowd understood what was happening. But yeah. the rest of the people were like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, I great. love it. You got to think about yourself in a locker room, like even back in like high school and <laughs> like the stupid things you do or like, this is what I'm going to do after I score. And he must've been just like irate and like, <laughs> I'm going to do this and I'm going to make sure this happens. And he well, must he have mean, known at that point in time that he was only going to be on for like 20, 30 minutes yeah. too. So yeah, that was part of the plan. I yeah. think he'll only get 30 minutes for Jamaica too, but I think it's all part of the US yeah. plan. And the way we've been grinding teams down, we are truly a second half team. We've been scoring crazy awesome amounts of goals in the second half. And just to bring him in as a super sub, that's awesome. Super sub is putting it lightly. Yeah, super, super <laughs> duper. Yeah. He's awesome. Captain America as a sub. <laughs> yeah, baby. Coming up next, and by next, I mean tomorrow. So uh, when you are listening to this on Thursday, this game is going to happen on Tuesday at 4 p.m. USA versus Jamaica. And that's going to be the final match in this round for the U- for the World Cup qualifiers. Any thoughts on that game? Obviously, uh, the, this this match is arguably more important than the match against Mexico. But uh, the one that had the more had the one that had the most juice was Mexico. That's the one you really want to win. Sure. But this one has more implication. Yeah, I mean, this one's away. And away games in CONCACAF are just weird. And weirdness happens, kind of like the NFL. It's just weirdness, strangeness is going to happen. Um, So we, I mean, it's possibly not more important, but three points is a bigger deal. Uh, That's the same thing, huh? (laughs) Dave, help me out. What What am I trying to say? It's a road game in CONCACAF. So if you pull this off, you know, you're more likely to struggle or play for a draw, you know, when you're on the road. So I think here, if we could come Mm -hmm. away with three and, um, you know, Mexico plays Canada and if they end up struggling here, we could create some distance between us and Mexico right now. We're already ahead of them on goal differential. Uh, You definitely want to, you know, widen that gap. And the best way to do that is to win games where you're maybe only expected to pull off that draw. So even with a depleted team, I think Jamaica is not as strong as they have been in the past, but obviously we can't take it lightly either. So some younger guys will get an opportunity and let's go on the momentum that we built in uh, the U S first Mexico game. Absolutely. Dave, not even mad, just impressed. Great answer. Yep. That was very good. Thank you. All right. Enough about world cup for now. We will be back soon. But let's go to the EPL, which has been on a break because of the World Cup qualifiers. Quick updates from our teams. Liverpool. What's going on, Dave? Harvey Elliott 
rose from the dead. He's out there Ooh. in training doing some light running. So he says, I'm me. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Zombie soccer. That's about it though. Okay. That's all I need. Yep. Yep. That works. Brad Tottenham. What's been going on? Harry Kane is now the record holder for most competitive goals for England uh, with 43 and with 47 goals in total, he's behind Wayne Rooney at 53. So that is going to be what Harry Kane is shooting for going forward is trying to break Wayne Rooney's record and be the all time goal scoring leader for England. That's pretty awesome. I can't even hate on that either. That's no good stuff. Chelsea, we have some good news for Lukaku and Alonso. They're both back at practice, thankfully. Use them both. Havertz is playing for Germany right now for World Cup qualifiers. He scored a goal. Way to go, Kai. And Pulisic, obviously, scored for the U.S. Mm-hmm. So the Chelsea players that are playing are holding their weight. Love it. And I like that we're keeping Pulisic's time Limited. Let's get him back and healthy for Chelsea. Looking at next week, the game of the week. (laughs) You know what it is. You know what it's got to be for this week. The game of the week is... The Red Stars versus the Washington Spirit in the NWSL Championship. Hell yeah, the final. Let's go, girls. Saturday, November 20th at 11 a.m. Who boy. This is going to be interesting. Very stressful. Love a final, though. Prediction time. I should go last because I've gotten two in a row. Yeah, well, I didn't want to talk about that. I will go first since that seems to be the lucky spot. I'm going to go... Obviously, Red Stars, they're going to win. I'm going two to one, two one Red Stars. Dave, what do you think? I'm going to go two nil Red Stars. Ooh, Mal Pugh with a brace. Dos Acero. I'll go one nothing. I think it'll be a cagey affair, but the Red Stars take it. The major tactical rub will be who wants the ball. And I think the Spirit will end up with a lot of it and just be knocking it around their back line, trying to pull the Red Stars forward. And the Red Stars will either need to make the press work and or make sure the ball just never gets over their center back's heads. Let us hope the Red Stars can come out and execute again, maybe a little bit cleaner than last week. Not just pulling two goals kind of out of nowhere um, to get the win. More defense would be nice, so it's less stressful. But ultimately, just the W. Get the chip. Let's do it. Mm. Go Stars. Other games that are happening this coming week. The MLS playoffs are here, baby. Starting on November 20th. And the first game that will be available to watch. Philadelphia versus New York. The Red Bulls. Going to be a good one. Chaotic as hell. (laughs) Just crazy energy. Another couple games to keep your eyes on. November 21st. Portland and Minnesota duel it out at 4.30. November 23rd, Nashville and Orlando go head-to-head at 7 p.m. Whew. Good games. A lot of good games coming up. Very excited for those playoff matches. 
Premier League is also going to return this weekend. Your eyes out there for an intense matchup between Liverpool and Arsenal. Arsenal snuck their way up to number five on that table. Beat them up, Murder them. Yes. Yes, please do. Please do. Leicester City and Chelsea are the first available match at 6.30 a.m. on November 20th for the reopening of the EPL. Closing thoughts from either of you boys before we get started, other than the UEFA World Cup qualifiers. Yeah, we're starting to see kind of how that playoff is shaping up and who the group winners are uh, who automatically qualify for the World Cup. Uh, Brady, I don't know if you wanted to talk about the Serbia-Portugal game at all, but uh, there were... Uh, I guess TikToks or whatever the heck's popular these days of the Serbian fans <laughs> on the streets doing this the CU celebration that uh, Ronaldo does with a bunch of flares going off. It was really fun to watch. Nice. I was not expecting that outcome. Um, but hey, Portugal are going to have to earn it now. But I would consider them the favorites to get out of that uh, situation, even though the playoffs are difficult. Um. Also, Switzerland surpassed Italy today, so they have automatically qualified while Italy also has to go through that group stage. Wow. So, yeah, there's a few more games uh, tomorrow, Tuesday. So that'll be two days in the past when this uh, episode comes out. But it's all kind of shaping up right now. Looks pretty cool. Love it. As always... Feel free to reach out to us, windycitywingers.info at gmail.com as our email address. Hit us up, feedback, questions, comments, concerns. Brady, if our fans want to reach out directly to you, where can they do that? On Twitter, I am at stat underscore bro, where you'll see such comments as I was right and predicted this one. And then uh, on Instagram, mm. I am at BradTheBard13. <laughs> what, what amazing comments. I can't wait to tune into your page so I can read <laughs> that. <laughs> read I that. <laughs> to my prediction. <laughs> okay, Dave, <laughs> if the fans want to reach out to you, where can they do that? Yeah, they could hear me tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Because I haven't done that in a while. And (laughs) (laughs) at WCW Dave. And I'm also on Instagram at the same. Thank you to everyone for listening. We will catch you next week. Go Red Stars. Let's go Red Stars. Red Stars.